Hello and welcome to the Living the Present Moment podcast. I'm Dr. Joel Ying with stories to inspire minds and hearts. On this October 31st, today's story is a ghost story. The masterful storyteller and author Lauren Nimi says that a ghost story is about anything that haunts you. This is a family story of my Uncle Charlie and the Jamaican tradition of Ninth Night. It was a party at Uncle Charlie's house in Jamaica. Hundreds of people and the food that I remember from childhood. The smell of curry, rice and peas, plantains made my mouth water. There was beer and drinks, music and laughter, and the stories. Everyone was telling stories about Uncle Charlie. Like the time that he filled the potholes at the bottom of the mountain with gravel so that he could get his work trucks to the top. Now, he had a government contract to fix the roads at the top. The bottom, that was someone else's problem. He was a practical man, my Uncle Charlie. He owned a large construction company, had government contracts to fix the roads. It took him all over the island, and he was always working. Everyone laughed when someone remembered the Calypso band that he used to play with. He was really young, and my mom was his groupie, and he would go hopping from island to island. And this seemed so out of character from the owner of the construction company that I knew. Was he ever that young? My mom tells a story of when he was a teenager. He wanted to go to a movie premiere. Well... It was one of those movies where the first day was for women, the second day was for men, and he really wanted to see the movie and he couldn't wait. So he dressed up like a woman with high heels and everything. I asked my mom, how did you find out? I was there, she said. We all saw. It was a celebration with food, music, laughter, and the stories. This was Uncle Charlie's ninth night. They say the spirit walks the earth for nine nights after someone passes. And on this ninth night, we were here to send off Uncle Charlie's spirit. Almost two weeks earlier, Uncle Charlie died at 65 years young of a sudden massive heart attack. He was still working. He never really complained. He just came home one day and said he was tired. He had diabetes, I would find out later, and he loved the sweets. People flew in from everywhere to attend the funeral. Florida, Canada, England, New Jersey, New York. When we arrived, my Aunt Donath, his sister, had just come back from the funeral home. I thumped him on his big toe just to make sure he was dead, she said. His death was a shock that in the years to come would restructure the family. He was the one in the family that everyone leaned on. And when the family tree collapsed, we all waited to see how it would come back up together again. If you needed anything done in Jamaica, he was the one that you went to. He owned a large construction company. He knew everyone on the island and everyone knew him. And whatever you needed, he could make it happen or he knew someone who could. He was larger than life, my Uncle Charlie. He always joked with his younger brothers and sisters that he would be the last to go. But he was the first. He had said that he would stay and hold the light so we could see where we are going. My Uncle Lenny, his younger brother, had moved to Canada long, long ago, and he always talked about moving back to Jamaica. But now, he wondered, was there anything left there for him? The family had scattered, and 
Most of us lived outside of Jamaica, visiting once a year, mainly for summer vacation. As we gathered together, the sadness of death was tempered by the joy of reunion. On the days before the funeral, we gathered and ate dinner together. We caught each other up on our lives. We laughed and joked and remembered the good old times and remembered Uncle Charlie. One evening before the funeral, driving back from dinner, there was the visitation. The darkness was thick between the yellow glow of the streetlights. The car windows were open and the night air soaked in. Everyone was chatting and laughing when suddenly a smell drifted into the car. Everyone grew quiet. Charlie's toes, shouted my Aunt Donneth. It stinks like Charlie's toes. And the whole family shared stories about how his toes could stink. And to this day, my family still swears that it was a visitation. Uncle Charlie just wanted us to know that he was still out there and that his toes still stink. The funeral mass had hundreds of people at the Catholic Church. And that's when I learned Uncle Charlie's real name. On the funeral program beneath his picture was the name Alexander Valentine Chin. There's not even a Charlie in his name. But that's another story. We all respond differently to death, depending on how much has been lost. I had that nervous smile greeting family and strangers. What do you say at a time like this? My cousin Carol, who'd lost a father, could barely make it through the church reading between her sobs. We prayed together, sang hymns together. I watched others as they slowed their breath. Her brothers had that glazed look of shock in their eyes as they carried the coffin out of the church. Police cars with their sirens on led the funeral procession, cars with their headlights on, holding the light so we could see where we are going. The route took us to places that Uncle Charlie would frequent in life, now taking his body there for the last time. Then we began the hour-long trip out of town to the burial grounds, where the rich red clay earth would stain the bottom of our dress shoes. The priest performed prayers and rites, and we sang hymns as the body lowered into the ground. All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful. The Lord God made them all. A mix of heartwarming voices rising up out of the sadness and tears. Within the close family, the women each threw a flower on the casket, and the men with a small hand shovel released the first of the rich red clay earth that would cover the body. With a wordless signal, the workers covered the casket with cement and then filled the hole with that rich red earth. In Jamaica, we need to see the dead get buried. 
Immediately following the funeral, Ninth Night would be held at Uncle Charlie's house. Ninth Night comes from an old African tradition that says the spirit walks the earth for nine nights after someone passes. And on the ninth night, you send the spirit off. Because of logistics and practicality, we don't always celebrate it on the ninth night anymore. It's usually right after the funeral, but we still call it Ninth Night. It's a party. There's food and drinks, alcohol, hundreds come to the house, and you just have to barely know him to remember. It's a reason to celebrate. In the tradition of Ninth Night, they turn up the beds, they move the furniture around, and everyone talks about the person who's passed. So that when the spirit comes, he knows that he is dead, and he'll move on to the next place. It was a send-off. We were here to send off Uncle Charlie's spirit. People were everywhere, inside, outside, gathered in small groups, sharing stories, catching up, eating, drinking, laughing. As I walked outside to find some quiet space under the stars, I breathed in the cool night air. Uncle Charlie knew people from all over the island, from all walks of life, rich and poor, from city and countryside, and they were all here. As I stood outside, four black women caught my eye. Country women, simple work dresses, hair bound up in cloth, their ebony faces reflecting the moonlight. They stood in a circle around a simple card table. One woman looked up as if to say, are we ready? Her eyes flashed with a look of serious determination. She nodded to the others, and then it began. They sang together in one voice. No one can keep Charlie down. In unison, they slapped the table, took a step, and began again. No man can keep Charlie down. No coffin can keep Charlie down. Nobody can keep Charlie down. Their joyful voices lifting up into the night sky. Sending Uncle Charlie's spirit up among the stars. Around these women, the party continued. Food, drinks, laughter, and the stories. My cousin would ask me later, It's a funeral. Why is everyone so happy? I thought for a moment and said, I suppose here in Jamaica, when we celebrate death, we celebrate life. It was years later that this question would come back to me, and I would truly understand the wisdom that my family taught me. The wisdom that my Jamaican culture taught me. The wisdom that life has taught me. We celebrate Ninth Night in Jamaica because we know that sometimes, sometimes, the line between sadness and joy is so thin that sometimes, sometimes, they're the same thing. The line between sadness and joy 
is so thin that sometimes they're the same thing.